Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hello, America. Happy Tuesday, a very busy, newsy Tuesday. Capitol Hill, there's a revolt from conservatives rebelling against House Speaker Kevin McCarthy because those conservatives believe Kevin McCarthy gave away too much in the debt deal. That's playing out as we speak and could really complicate the next few weeks of the Republican agenda in Congress and, quite frankly, across this country. So keep an eye on that. That's a big one. The second major story is one that we broke this morning. We released today... New footage from the January 6th riots that came from the Capitol Police security cameras that clearly show, without much ado, that the door, the locked fire doors in the upper west terrace of the Capitol, that is the west side of the Capitol, right in the middle of the Capitol, you can make it to the House or the Senate side if you get through these doors very quickly, that they were unlocked and left open by a mistake. Police shoot a few people out when those few people went out around 2.30 on January 6th. They hit the lever bar on the door. The sign on the door says that if you hit the bar, it will unlock the door. The door unlocks and then it remains unlocked for well over 20, 30 minutes and over 300 people pass through without really any police preventing them from coming in. It's basically an open door. And if you think about this, If the Secret Service did something that left the back door of the White House open and 300 people got into the White House, there would be an enormous outcry. There's been very little outcry about this. Senator Ron Johnson was the first person to highlight this possibility. We went and got the actual video footage. Some defendants have gotten it, but we've gotten it. And I think when you take a look at it, it has a a very profound impact. That is public on the Justin News website today. Go check that story out. Still trending. We're going to start the show today with Senator Ron Johnson reacting to the video footage now being able to be seen by Americans because seeing is believing. And then we will turn to Jason Chaffetz, the former congressman, the former chairman of the House Oversight Committee. He has a brand new book out. It's a very powerful book. I really encourage everybody to get it. It just came out 
in the last 24 hours. It's called The Puppeteers, The People Who Control the People Who Control America. It's a brilliant book. It talks about the deep state, the nonprofit world, the oligarchs that are funding the politics of the left. And the long-term consequence, if you're going, to, you're going to have a conversation today about jobs you don't normally think of, state treasurers, well, they're very powerful. The left figured that out. Investment managers at places like BlackRock, they're very powerful. They determine the returns on investment for your pensions and your, your personal investments. School boards and new community school advocates that may have actually a bigger agenda than what you might expect. We're going to cover all that with former congressman, former chairman of the House Oversight Committee, Jason Chaffetz. And of course, we'll also ask him about the FBI battle with James Comer, his successor as House Oversight Committee chairman. Chris Ray going to be found in contempt probably in the next few days, most likely on that one. In addition, in the second half of the show, we're going to introduce you to the man who wants to unseat Senator Mitt Romney as the Republican nominee for the 2024 U.S. Senate seat in Utah. Mitt Romney's running for election. Mayor Trent Staggs of Riverton, Utah. Riverton, Utah is running. You're going to get a first glimpse of him. A very exciting interview today. So we got a great show. Jason Chaffetz and Trent Staggs later in the show. First up, Senator Ron Johnson and a broad discussion about the videotape that we made public last night showing a door open by happenstance from the Capitol Police. It's a very important story, and we're going to have that right after the commercial break. Now, before we go to the commercial break, a lot of people have watched our coverage at Just the News. A lot of extraordinary excitement about what is going on in the regulatory world from cities like Berkeley, California, to states like California, New York, to federal government like agencies in the Biden administration. There's an effort to keep future homes and businesses of America from having gas connections so you won't be able to cook with gas or heat your water with gas or heat your house with gas, natural gas, clean burning, one of the cleanest burning sources to have contributed to a reduction in carbon emissions the last decade. Yep, that's going on. Well, if you think that's a bad idea and you think, hey, local, state, federal government, get out of my kitchen. Don't tell me I can't cook with a gas stove in the future. Don't regulate gas stoves out of existence by creating crazy efficiency standards. Well, if you're in that category and you feel that way, my good friend Tim Stewart at the U.S. Oil and Gas Association has created a very specific new group to help fight for that. It's called Hands Off My Stove. Handsoffmystove.com is the actual URL. The message is keep your hands, keep the government's hands off my stove. Get out of my kitchen. Get out of my back deck where I might have a gas grill. Get out of my basement where my gas water heater and my gas furnace, HVAC, might be located. It's very personal when the government gets this intrusive. Well, that's what Tim Stewart figured out. So he created handsoffmystove.com for a buck a month. You can join an army that's fighting to keep natural gas available in America, to keep gas stoves available to chefs in People like me, they grill out on their back deck. This is an epic fight over the future of America. And for a dollar a month, less than you can pay for a soda these days, you'll be able to join thousands of other like-minded Americans and fight for this. So go to handsoffmystove.com right now, handsoffmystove.com, and go join this fight. It's a buck a month. What a great investment to potentially save some of the most important choices for future cooking, future heating, 
in America in new homes. That's the battlefront for the climate change activists, the extreme ones at least, right now. All right, go check that out. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Amanda had in my exclusive discussion with Senator Ron Johnson about the videotape showing a door in the Capitol on the Upper West Terrace being left open by a police mistake, and it creates an enormous security vulnerability that's really not been discussed regarding January 6th. Go check that out. We'll have that right after these commercial messages. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor-advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advice fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. Senator Ron Johnson. Senator, welcome. Your reaction now that you got to see the tapes in public for the first time. Compliments of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Oh, hello, John. Hello, Amanda. Uh, it's, it's good this information is getting out. Uh, you're right. I wrote a letter to, uh, uh, I believe, the, the head of uh, Capitol Police asking about this in June of 2021. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to make this public, my staff had gone in, they started reviewing some of the 14,000 hours. It's an overwhelming task. But when we saw this, uh, we, we need to ask some questions. We also needed to give defense attorneys the information as well that some people did enter the Capitol, not, not by committing acts of violence, but were literally let in. Uh, but even in this video, as you point out, there are people that looks like they're intent on committing violence. 
And I'll go right to what I introduced in one of our first, I think our first hearing, the joint committee between the, the Senate Rules Committee and the Homeland Security Government Affairs Committee in our investigation on this. Uh, I entered in the record J. Michael Waller's 14-page eyewitness account of what he witnessed on the west side of the Capitol. And that has stood the test of time. Now, the, the day that I entered it, uh, the, the then chairwoman of the committee, uh, Amy Klobuchar, accused me of being a conspiracy theorist and uh, entering a conspiracy theory into the record. Mm. But J. Michael Waller's eyewitness account has pretty well held the test of time. He, he identified four distinct groups. He called them provocateurs. I guess I call them agitators. Uh, I, I do think the vast majority of people in Washington that day were were going to were there to protest peacefully. We all condone the violence. We want to see those people prosecuted and brought to uh, uh, justice. But we also need to get a full account of what happened, the good and the bad. Uh, you know, people that that did behave, people that kind of unwittingly, stupidly entered the Capitol. Uh, again, they believed it was the people's house. We need to have the full narrative out there. Uh, we haven't had a proper investigation of this. I, I wrote oversight letters. They were largely ignored. I wrote letters to the com my Senate committees because I lost the chairmanship when we lost the majority. Uh, I always thought it was a little suspicious. For example, the Rules Committee, they're in charge of security of the Capitol, together with Speaker Pelosi, the majority leader of the Senate. What did those people know? Uh, the Rules Committee should have been the last committee to conduct an investigation of what happened. We still to this day do not know what kind of security posture they had, what kind of plans were in place, who knew what and when. So this has been a great big whitewash. Uh, I would say January 6th committee was a big uh, partisan effort. Uh, we do not have, we don't know the truth. And what always haunts me is that uh, history is written by the victors. And we know the Democrats, we want, we know the liberal left wants to paint conservatives as potential domestic terrorists. Uh, I, I was always amazed at the term that immediately got adopted on a bipartisan way, thousands of armed insurrectionists. Yes. I don't know. I, I didn't see any armed nope. insurrectionists there. There may have been a few insurrectionists in there, but there weren't thousands of armed insurrectionists. And yet that was a narrative that the left wanted to push. They continued to push it. It's just dishonest. Yeah, absolutely. So. It absolutely is. And there, there's something else that has emerged from all of the footage that we've seen. And we've had conversations with you, your colleagues in the House, former members of Capitol Police Force. And something that emerges to me is that uh, other than the communications aspect, other than creating more fluid lines of communication so that this information can be disseminated and reactions can be proper for what it needs to be done, there's, a, there's another aspect of this that's not as easy, which is uh, with respect to this door, it was a fire door, you open it from the inside and then it's un unlocked from the outside. How, how do you balance the need for safety in case of a fire or a flood or something like that and the need to protect it, say, say that there was a future attack? That's a difficult question. And one of the reasons people have been somewhat reluctant to release these videos in terms of capital security. But, uh, you know, from my standpoint, when you take a look at what January 6th committee did, and this is great reporting, I saw it on Just the News, that uh, the House committee overdubbed audio into, and you can see this video, there's no audio here, it's just simply video. And yet the January 6th committee uh, with slick production, added audio to just, again, for dramatic effect. That, that's not an honest way of, of describing what happened here. And what I sent my staff in to do, I wanted to understand all the points of conflict. I, I wanted to know how long th that conflict lasted. I want to see how many people were involved. You know, in the end, we counted 309 people. 
Uh, FBI says about 800 people were in the Capitol unlawfully that, that day. 309 entered without conflict in that one entrance right there. And of course, we, we've seen people staying within the rope lines. We, we've seen, uh, you know, the shaman. Uh, we've seen video of him calling for, for you know, everybody staying peaceful. Uh, so we just don't hear that in the mainstream media, though. They, they want to paint a picture of just a mass riot all over the place. There were definitely pockets of rioting. But by and large, the, the vast majority of people there in Washington were just there to, to exercise their First Amendment rights to peacefully assemble. And that's what most of them did. Yeah, no, you're right, sir. And that's what the videos show when you look at all of them. The vast majority were peaceful. A few made a bad day worse, and the capital security posture made it a lot worse. I want to turn to one other story, because without you, we wouldn't know a lot about the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden corruption scheme. Two things we reported this week, and the FBI shut down most of the inquiries uh, in 2020 on Joe Biden, calling it Russian disinformation. And now they want to claim that Russian disinformation is now under investigation now. Uh, tell us what you think about both of those claims. We've got about a minute left. Well, first of all, I appreciate James Comer is going to hold uh, Christopher Ray accountable. I subpoena him, didn't really get squat out of him. But the, the bigger story here is as important as to understand the, the criminal nature of the Biden uh, grifts. Uh, it's even more important to understand the corruption of the FBI and the federal government, the weaponization of it. Lois Lerner being weaponized against Tea Party groups, the exoneration of Hillary Clinton and that same cast of characters, the corrupt Russian hoax, and then covering up for Hunter Biden getting access to the laptop, saying we're not going to look at it, right. uh, not giving uh, Attorney Weiss the resources he needs, giving Senator Grassley I in a, a briefing to make us believe what we were looking into is Russian disinformation. They interfered in a Senate investigation. They interfered, quite honestly, in the Wisconsin U.S. Senate election as well by using that briefing to smear me in the Washington Post. So the FBI, there's a lot of corruption that needs to be uncovered there. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Jason Chaffetz, former congressman, former chairman of the House Oversight Committee, brand new book, The Puppeteers. You're going to want to hear this conversation. Plus, he'll weigh in on the big dispute between House Oversight Committee chairman James Comer and the FBI right after this. All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote. It's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. 
Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. 800-200-4653, gold. Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon, Just the News family. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. This next guest doesn't need much introduction. He was the chairman of the House Oversight Committee for a very long time, one of Congress's most successful investigators. Today, he does all sorts of extraordinary things. He's a uh, fellow at Harvard. He works at the Government Accountability Institute. You see him on Fox News. I think he's one of the best prognosticators of what is going on in Washington that most Americans don't know. Joining us right now, former Congressman Jason Chaffetz. Great to have you, sir. John, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Well, I want to start with some congratulations. A brand new book that I think is one of the most important themes that anyone's going to read this year. The Puppeteers, The People Who Control the People Who Control America. You've got your radar right over this sort of small group of elitists that have reshaped America, haven't you? Well, yeah, that's uh, that's why I wrote The Puppeteers, because, I mean, it's immensely obvious, right? It's obvious to anybody who's paying attention that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris don't really have their you know, have the reins in hand and are driving the country forward. But rather, there are a group of elitists. And what the book does is it follows the money and it breaks down who these people are and what they do and how they do it. And, you know, having researched it for close to two years and taken a year to write it, it, it it's a pretty scary book because there are solutions, but I, I worry that people who care about our country – and our government, they're not, they're not, they're paying attention to all the wrong things. Yeah. And um, it, it, until we actually understand how is it, even though an election changes, even though new members of Congress get in there, we get really excited that nothing seems to change. And it's because of the permanency, the, the, the permanent nature of government that the Democrats made a concerted effort to put in place and is operational now. Yeah, and you do such an amazing job. And one of them that really caught my attention, there was this internal document from the Democratic Treasurer's Association basically right. saying, hey, it doesn't matter what happens in elections because the bureaucrats will be able to control the agenda anyways. So jaw-dropping to see that. And Arrogant said, it doesn't matter who controls Congress in the White House because we can do things at our level. A really great sense of the deep state, isn't it? Yeah, this is a document that nobody had seen before. Democratic Treasurers Association. Some states they call it, you know, the chief financial officer or comptroller. These are usually the sleepy races that nobody pays attention to. In fact, most of the listeners to this podcast, John, they're 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 not even going to know who no. their own state treasurer is. That's common. That's not un no. uncommon. But what they put together this document, it's called the corporate benefits package. And they said, 
Come meet with us. You can spend fifty or a hundred thousand dollars, and we'll get you seated four times a year next to the controllers of this money. And by the way, we control more than one trillion dollars. And uh, the re- and it doesn't matter who gets elected to Congress. Doesn't matter who gets elected to the White House. We're going to be the ones that actually make the difference and change America. And and in many ways, they're right. But it is scary that they actually put it in black and white. Oh, there's no doubt. And it gives you a sense of the pitch battle that conservatives and independents face now, because for the last 20 years, people like George Soros and a lot of these NGOs, they focused on uh, bureaucratic capture, right? They've captured the secretaries of state, the treasurers. Uh, Do you think Republicans are waking up to it and that the 2024 election strategy, which, by the way, has to include early voting, that it will be different than the last two elections GOP strategies? Well, so I, in the Puppeteer's book, what I write about is the solution happens in the states. I, I think it's illuminated and probably gets more attention on the Fox Newses of the world. You know, yeah. stuff you and I talk about a right. lot. It, 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 it gets captured when you talk about uh, district attorneys or, the, you know, not prosecuting people or the Department of Justice. That's where it kind of starts to get illuminated. Um, but it is. It's going to be school boards. It's going to be, you know, county commissioners. It's going to be some of these smaller races where Democrats actually go and spend a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of effort. And they have been placing people in fighting races where we're much more focused as conservatives. The conservatives, I should say, get much more focused on some of the bigger ticket races. Yep. You have to do that, too. But you have to understand that, for instance, if you look at and we talk about this in the book, um, Executive Order 14019 that Joe Biden issued in March Mm -hmm. after he took office, that was a directive funneled through Susan Rice, who I consider one of the puppeteers, to submit plans on how they're going to get out the vote. And they're going to use the Democratic machine of government employees, physical facilities, and only, quote-unquote, approved non-government organizations or not-for-profits <laughs> yeah. will be able to participate. That's laying the foundation not to get out the vote for everybody, just the selected Democratic groups. Uh, it's just extraordinary. And that alliance with bureaucrats and their unions also comes through in the book in a really brilliant way. I think a lot of the work you do in the teachers' unions really shows how a machinery has been built to really silence parents and to take parents' rights away. You're really concerned about this the new teachers' union plan for community schools. Why is that sort of an underhanded way to undermine local school boards and parents? So Randy Weingarten, for instance, who's the president um of one of these big teacher unions. She's got some $300 million at her disposal. And what they're doing is, A, they're trying to rewrite the history of COVID, saying that they didn't try to shut it down, but they obviously did. But in Puppeteers, we lay out their plan for the future. And we show people, and the the new buzzword that they're using is community schools. Well, who's against a community school? That's Come right. on, it's right? It's a community school. <laughs> uh, but really... This is a way to capture data, information, and then sell that information to make more money off the information about what the kid's doing. Everything from haircut to clothing to social media presence. Give them a computer. Then you can, you can surf everything they're doing and sell that data. This is the type of subversive plan that they're putting in place all under the guise of a community school. 
Wow. Well, that is such an amazing piece of public service. The book has so many great investigative discoveries. Now, I've done a lot of things on Hunter Biden, and there was an anecdote in here I had never heard of, and it was jaw-dropping to me to understand exactly how this is going on. So I want to just see if I set this up as best I can in layman's terms here. You've got um, Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca, and they want to help China basically get PPE, protective gear, into the United States. Tell us what you learned about Rosemont Seneca, that great Hunter Biden-connected firm. Yes, so there are some former, two former employees, we name them by name, who go out and create this company. And then it's matched up with, with uh, Randy Weingarten, and they spend some $3 million buying what ends up being counterfeit, you know, N95-type masks, and, and I shouldn't say specifically masks, personal protective equipment. Right. It's all bogus. But again, collected from teachers, right? There's some good teachers out there. I just want to pay their union dues. Yep. This has nothing to do with, like, making the, the classroom better for teachers. It was all under the guise, and it shows how incestuous it is between Hunter Biden and the teachers' union yeah. and, and how money is just flowing through these organizations. No, no allegation, no evidence that I can find that Hunter Biden or the Biden family personally made money. I want to make sure that's clear. Right. But it, 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 you know, ingratiating and, and, and creating a, an income stream for Rosemont Seneca employees, former employees, Oh, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Ah, yeah, of course, of course. That's been the storyline we've gotten from the Biden team for a long time. Everything that looks untoward is either Russian disinformation or a coincidence. I think people right. catch. I think people catch right. it on now. And your book does such a great job. I want to talk about a theme because clearly it's at the heart of the weaponization subcommittee. It's at the heart of what all of us did to unravel the Russia collusion story what we're now learning about the people who were crushed trying to legitimately pursue avenues of what the Hunter Biden corruption scheme was. They got crushed early on. The Biden administration basically is criminalizing dissent, right? There are all of these efforts to purge either through prosecution or through purging of institutions to get conservative, mainstream conservative views out of the federal workforce. This may be the single largest a dynamic that most Americans really don't realize. There's actually a litmus test about what sort of workers, uh, what sort of views workers are going to be able to have in the future. Yeah. So as w- what the book in the puppeteers, what we lay out very scientifically, if you will, very documented, it's heavily documented. You find all the citations and bookmarks, yeah. uh, you know, and uh, book references and, and citations in the book, uh, footnotes. It, it there are, there are a couple things that are happening simultaneously. One is they're saying that the biggest threat for domestic terrorism is white supremacy and that they need this, this white supremacy tale to uh, permeate throughout the, the government so that when they go to hire people, they can screen people out who don't meet their objectives with the DEI, the diversity, right. equity and inclusion goals, or their ESG, the Environmental Social Governance Goals. And not only is this happening with the the Black Rocks and the money managers of the world, but it's also happening within the government apparatus. And so what happens at the end of the day is, you know, there are some departments and agencies northward of 95% of their donations people make from those organizations go to Democrats. And some it's 100%. Wow. Like the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, you know, which is funded not through Congress, not through the American taxpayers, but through the Federal Reserve. And that's, that's scary stuff because 
those types of things continue in perpetuity without Congress ever touching them. And so when you combine that with the fact that roughly 75% of our government expenditures right now are mandatory programmatic spending, include the big ones are obviously Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security. Right. But John, there's hundreds of other programs that are flowing through this with, with, with essentially a permanent government that never changes, no matter who's elected to Congress or the White House. And so you combine these different things together, and guess what? They start to purge the more conservative people, and they start to put in the people who buy into their political agenda, which allows them more power, more control, and and meeting their ultimate objectives. These are the puppeteers. Uh, It's a remarkable book. Uh, The research on it, the investigation on it, the big picture understanding of what's been going on. Because I think a lot of people were so busy, right? We're just trying to get the kids to school and the soccer practice and uh, make the the ends meet at the dinner table. And this dynamic the Democrats have put in place, the liberals have put in place, is really America changing. And Congressman, you've done such a great job. I want to ask you about a little breaking news or the news that last 24 hours, because you were in James sure. Comer's chair. You know what it's like to be there. You know what attacks come with it and also what responsibility comes with being able to provide meaningful oversight. Chris Ray brings a document up, lets people read it, not be able to keep it. James Comer going to win this contempt vote, you think? If they have it. Um, I'm afraid that the direction from House leadership is going to be as long as all members can read it. It's called an in-camera review, is right. the way they technically reviewed it. That is, they literally go into a SCIF, a secure compartmentalized information facility. The handlers will pull out these documents. You're not allowed to take notes. You're not allowed to scribble stuff on paper. You can't have your phone in the room. They make you leave it outside. And basically, you can read what they put in front of you. If you want to turn the page, sometimes they will turn the page for you. It's that controlled. I think what they're going to do, ultimately, is just a guess, um, is that they're going to allow everybody on the Oversight Committee to look at it, but they ultimately won't release it. This happened with Congressman McCall. I remember. He wanted some uh, documents regarding Afghanistan. Right. They kind of gave into the idea that as long as we get to read it, we're fine with it. I would argue differently. I, I think it's an unclassified document, duly issued subpoena. They should hold them in contempt and they should go fight. And until Congress in the House stands up for itself as a co-equal branch of government, This is a document that was produced by government taxpayer dollars, the people's money. It is the people's house. They have the right to see it. But uh, supposedly I'll play out Thursday. But how much you want to bet, John, I'm. I think I'm probably going to be right on this. I, uh, the public won't see it by the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure of that as well. Uh, one of the things that Comer could do is send a briefing memo. This is what we know from it, from the whistleblowers and what we saw. That would be perfectly, could be a good summary of it, but I think you're right. I think there's a long, uh, it's a long shot to think that this document itself is going to get into the public. Do you buy the FBI's argument that three years later, three years later, they're still investigating this? They're taking it seriously now. It seems like the FBI didn't have a lot of interest in Biden corruption stuff early on. It's been a very slow plotting <laughs> investigation. What's your take on that? Well, first of all, John, you've done remarkable reporting on this all along the way. I'm a, Thank I'm you. a big fan and uh, been in awe of what you've been able to unearth. So, um, but I have no reason to believe the FBI. I mean, 
trust but verify was sort of the Reagan mantra, and having been the chairman of the Oversight Committee, let's do that. That's what oversight's all about. That's why this committee was formed in 1814, to oversee all government expenditures, uh, bar none. So um, that's what we're supposed to be able to do. So I, I don't buy this idea. I mean, John Ratcliffe, I saw him speaking out earlier, the former yeah. director of national intelligence. He was talking about, well, wait a second. Look how low the bar was to investigate Trump. Yep. And the reason we're talking about this document right now here today is because a whistleblower steps forward and says, I'm aware of this document, but I'm also aware that the FBI hasn't pursued it, hasn't, hasn't gone after it, and hasn't figured out what's going on with it. And that's why Senator Grassley and consequently Chairman Comer are looking at this because with great specificity, right? Yeah, One they document, they, they know the date, they know the number, they know the because of a whistleblower. Yep. So, you know, nobody's suggesting we release the whistleblower's name, but why shouldn't everybody be able to see it? If it's unclassified. So yeah. I don't trust the FBI. I don't believe their stories. I have no reason to. They, in fact, they've earned, you know, the the my skepticism. That's what they've earned yeah. over the last few years. Yours and a lot more. Uh, of course, you saw it much more closely as the chairman and all the fights you had to do. Last question, because I know you think so much about solutions and you're not only about identifying the problem, you want to fix a lot of these things in this great country. Some people say it's time to throw the FBI out or divide it into two. Is there a good plan that Republicans can devise that would solve the growing gap in trust in our law enforcement intelligence agencies? They've earned that gap. I'm not I'm not suggesting it's a fake gap. It's a real gap. But how do we fix it? Because we need to trust them, in mo particularly in moments of crisis. Yeah. And there's not a reason to trust them right now, as you just said. Yeah, I think the same is true for the Centers for Disease Control. Yes. They have the same problem or disease over there. Um, look, you, you got to starve the beast. you got to clean house. And when I say starve the beast, that is, you got to clean out, you know, I'm not saying we cut money from uh, the over total expenditure of what we're trying to do in pushing forward with a good, vibrant Federal Bureau of Investigation. But what I'm saying is that there are people in political appointed positions that need to be cleaned out. Yep. We need an inspector general who can prosecute people. We need an inspector general who can... Actually, you know, most people are surprised to know this. An IG cannot actually go interview and he pursue can't. and look into matters if it involves an attorney. Yeah. You know how many attorneys there are over at the Department <laughs> of Justice with 110,000 yeah. employees? They and they can't go after attorneys. That's yeah, a, a growing number of FBI agents are attorneys too now. But oh, it's come out of law school. Absurd. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, yeah, you got to flush it out, and um, it takes a, it's going to take new leadership. I don't believe that Director Ray is an agent of change. Yeah. Could there, should there be restructuring of some sort? Yes, I think now is a as good a time as anything to gain back the confidence of the American people because the functionality has to work, but there's got to be an uh, an equal application of justice, and it's not happening even now, right now here today. And um, it's going to be a concerted effort. But, yeah, I, I'm all for restructuring it. I'm not saying get rid of it. Right. Don't spend the money. I'm saying, yeah, let's make our efforts so that we can make it better, stronger, more believable, and the credible institution that it used to be. My, my grandfather was actually a career, was a, you know, FBI agent. For, I didn't know that, really? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, yeah. The, so, listen, the men and women. Of I the care about the agency. People. Yeah. Yeah, there are. There's so many good people. That's why they're blowing the whistle. They can't believe what they see yeah, going on in this exactly great right. story agency. Well, Congressman, what an honor to have you on. Congratulations on this book. I've had everyone buzzing about it since it came out. I guess it's only been out about what? Today. Today's the day, right? I think first day out. Right? Well, yes. And I got it just so it's puppeteers. Right. The people who control the people who control America. It's sold out on Amazon. Amazing. So the... <laughs> The electronic copy is available. The audio, which I recorded in my own voice, that's immediately available. Other booksellers have it. Hopefully Amazon will get uh, the second printing to them and up before we know it. But I think even Amazon was a little surprised how strong the sales were. And I know the publisher, HarperCollins, they're wonderful, but they're trying to print up as many books as they can because we exceeded all the expectations. So hang in there with us if you can't get it immediately. But try the audio, try the electronic book. That that is out there because there's a lot of people mad about this. Yes. It it exposes names, follows the money, and tells stories you've never heard before. Well, it's not a surprise to me that it would sell out instantly. I've watched your work for decades, and you have been one of the great truth seekers and one of the great overseers of our government, and congratulations on a must-read book. Folks, go get this. The Puppeteers, the people who control the people who control America. It's a brilliant book. And Congressman, such an honor to have you on today. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. All right, folks, the man who wants to put Mitt Romney in retirement, oust him from the Senate, Riverton, Utah Mayor Trent Staggs, now a candidate for U.S. Senate in Utah. He's going to join us right after the commercial break. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you out at your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down, my blood sugar is down, my weight's down, my health is up, my sleeping patterns are better, my metabolism is up. If you wanna experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code just news go check it out hey folks if you're a homeowner and you're like me you want to protect your home right but when's the last time you checked on the title to your home if you never have listen to this a new report on homeowners shows we all now have 16 trillion dollars in equity that's an all-time high in america that's why you need protection from a scam the fbi calls house stealing that's when the equity in all of our homes is the target sadly 
of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title and your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. Our next guest is currently the mayor of Riverton, Utah, a wonderful community out west. But even more importantly now, he is running against incumbent Senator Mitt Romney for the Republican nomination for U.S. Senate in Utah in 2024. And a lot of people are getting excited about his candidacy, and we're lucky enough to have him join us right now. Mayor Trent Staggs, great to have you here, sir. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Great to be on the show. It's an honor to have you. First, tell us a little bit about Riverton. It's a beautiful community. Maybe some people haven't heard about it, but it's one of those great communities that make Utah famous, isn't it? It most certainly is. Yeah, Riverton is about 50,000 in population. We're around 20 miles south of, say, downtown Salt Lake City. So we're in the most populous region or county of Utah, Salt Lake County, of about 1.2 million people. Um, Utah itself is around 3, 3.2 million people. So when I when I say a town of fifty thousand, but embedded in a, a county of one point two million, you know we're really a top twenty city by population here in the state. And wow. having served here in elected office for ten years, um, have have quite a few contacts uh, here and throughout the state. Yeah, it's uh, such a beautiful part of the country. I love going to visit there. And um, the, the the folks in Utah are just such amazing folks. You have been a mayor for a while. You now have this extraordinary opportunity to take on one of the more recognizable members of the Senate, someone who I think may be disaffected with a large part of the Republican Party. Tell us what motivated you to jump in and challenge Mitt Romney. Well, it's something that I got to be honest, wasn't on the radar just you know, four or five months ago. But it, it's something that in discussions with my wife and family, uh, we felt like we needed to have a conservative in uh, in the Senate, another conservative representing this great state. Um, I've been incredibly frustrated. I've heard from many, many residents here in my community and throughout the state. They don't feel represented. Uh, by Senator Romney. He made a lot of promises five years ago. And this was part of my launch video where uh, we called out a video he had five years ago. He said, if you elect me as your senator, um, I'll put us on a pathway to a balanced budget. I will end illegal immigration. Uh, We'll stop federal overreach and spending and we'll appoint conservative justices. And we know that not only has he not done those things, he's worked Uh, actually against uh, those interests in appointing radical Supreme Court justice, you know, Ketanji Brown Jackson. We've got uh, him supporting the secretary, Mayorkas, uh, who has completely made a bungle out of the border and uh, not enforcing federal law. Uh, We've had Mitt uh, sign up for trillions more in spending and uh, wouldn't even wasn't even willing to sign on to the letter that Senator Mike Lee, our other senator, had authored in early May 
telling the president, we are not going to raise the debt ceiling unless we have substantial spending cuts. So, un- unfortunately, the priorities and promises you ran on haven't been fulfilled. And uh, Utahns, they want they want a conservative and somebody who's actually going to fight and stand up for conservative principles. Yeah, and I know Utahns love people who say what they mean and mean what they say and follow through on both. And I think that Mitt Romney's record now is becoming more and more clear. He seems to side with the establishment media, the establishment politicians and... I think in a state that values authenticity, there seems to be a disconnect. What do voters, when you're out and about now, because obviously people are very excited about your candidacy, what do people out and about tell you when you talk to them about Mitt Romney? What's their impression after watching him in office for so long? Well, they they have a feeling of being just let down. I mean, here's somebody who came in... um, you know, move to the state. That's that's something that a lot of Utahns had to, I think, uh, give him a bit of a pass on uh, because he's not originally from Utah. They thought, well, he uh, he did help out with the the Olympics back in 2002 in the Winter Olympics, and uh, he has obviously great name ID, having run for president, um, kind of ingratiated himself with the culture here in in our great state. And uh, these promises, again, that have been made uh, felt like he was somebody that could deliver on those. And he had this name ID and gravitas that could go back to D.C. and actually uh, make good on those promises. And he's done just the opposite. And so they feel let down. Uh, That's what I'm hearing mostly from Utahns. And they're very grateful that someone like myself now has stepped up. I like to say I'm authentically Utah. I've been here from elementary school to graduate school. I've attended Utah schools. I've raised my family here of two children. Um, And I've got uh, decades of experience operating businesses. I took a company public. We got listed on NASDAQ last year and, uh, of course, been serving my great community for the last 10 years in elected office with a consistently conservative track record. And so people have been incredibly excited about uh, my jumping into this race and that they've got a great conservative option before them uh, to replace Senator Romney in 2024. Yeah. Now, there's been a pretty big endorsement already. The Utah Fraternal Order of Police turning their back on the Republican incumbent going to you. That is a powerful statement about the state of law enforcement. Tell us a little bit about how important that endorsement is and why Utah's largest police union is disaffected from the current incumbent senator. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's huge endorsement for us. It's the first one I've ever saw it in any, any race that I've run. And, uh, it was, it was very encouraging and a little unprecedented for them to come out this early and, uh, to put their, you know, wholehearted endorsement behind our candidacy. Uh, it was a unanimous vote. And I think they've, they've seen me as one, uh, as a mayor, uh, who stood up in uh, in the city in our state to always support law enforcement to have their back and uh, they they indicated that in in the statement that i'm one who has demonstrated support for law enforcement uh, even at a time where you know just a few years ago it was maybe politically expedient for folks to distance themselves from law enforcement and uh, i think that senator romney has been one of those you know in in marching with uh, organizations like Black Lives Matter and uh, really not having the back of law enforcement. I I say I'm one who is going to stand with them and not march against them. So that's a huge endorsement for us. Uh, I've got scores of other elected officials, mayors, county commissioners um, that will be rolling out endorsements here in in the coming days. 
And so it's quite a coalition that we're building. We're pretty excited about uh, the traction that we're getting and, and this coalition of support across our great state. Yeah. How important is the fiscal record of Mitt Romney to Utahns? And I, I say this because when he took office, the deficit was well, well, trillion dollars smaller. I think it's closer to $15 trillion smaller when he took office. So m- nearly half of the uh, acquired debt of the nation in our history has occurred on his watch. Um it seems like we're at a moment where people understand that the, the reckless spending can't go on. Is this one of his bigger vulnerabilities? I think so. Uh, he's one of the first things he mentioned he would fight for, uh, quote unquote. And Utahns are very conservative. Um, they don't like debt. Uh, that's the way I've operated my city. Uh, we have the lowest debt per capita that we've ever had in our community. Um, I, I manage my own finances that way. Uh, I, I was raised actually as one of, of uh, 10 children in my upbringing here in this, in this great state. And my dad started out as a school teacher. And I saw the way he administered his personal finances and they, they pinch pennies. Yeah. And I've taken that same approach to government. That's what I think we need. Uh, absolutely. We need someone who's going to push back on that establishment and look for ways, innovative ways, as I've done, uh, to cut back on government, to actually cut taxes. We have to move us in a different direction. We cannot keep spending this way. And Senator Romney, unfortunately, has uh, added trillions, as you said, to the debt. He's voted for trillions more in spending uh, than even our other senator, uh, our great Senator Mike Lee, in uh, supporting the omnibus. And uh, again, as I said, he wouldn't even put his name on the letter to President Biden in early May uh, to really push back on uh, raising the debt ceiling unless we got substantial spending cuts and budget reforms. And for somebody who claims that that's a priority in terms of cutting spending and getting on a balance, uh, to a balanced budget, uh, we're not seeing the action there. And we need somebody who can actually do that. Yeah, such a great point. In your announcement, sometimes you can tell some of the future attack lines from it. You referred to him as a Massachusetts millionaire, and you said you're not. Does the carpetbagger label still kind of hang around him, given his, not only just his history, he was used to be the governor of Massachusetts, but sometimes it seems like he votes more like a Massachusetts Democrat than a Utah Republican. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's it's something that... Um, is on the minds of Utahns. They they want they want to see that people really understand the state that they're committed to it. Um, I think that's been uh, that's been a huge question mark. You know whether or not he would truly represent the state of Utah. And he has uh, his background, his residences in Massachusetts. He's got one in California. I'm told in Florida. Uh, so he's a little all over the map, and not uh, it, we don't feel that Utahns are being wholly represented. And that's something that is different uh, with me and my background. I'm not a Massachusetts millionaire. I've, uh, I've grown up here, like I said, in the state. I spent the, I'm a lifelong Utah uh, school here, operated businesses here, taking a company public, and, and served my great community in elected office these 10 years. So that's something that is really resonating with people, and I, I think they, they definitely appreciate I'm committed to Utah. Utah is home will always represent Utahns. Uh, what a great idea. Something I think a lot of people appreciate. There's been some pretty big developments in Utah politics. One of them, the sudden retirement of Congressman Chris Stewart, a person who's really right. respected on both sides of the aisle here in Washington. How big a loss is this for Utah? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was surprising. It really was to hear that. Um, understand uh, some of the personal reasons that play into that. You know, we had Jason Chaffetz as well that uh, retired back in 2017 and enforced a special election. So uh, he is uh, he's a great individual. I've known Congressman Stewart for many years, and uh, that will be uh, that will be impactful for sure. He's been a, a solidly uh, conservative voice in our delegation and someone who will be missed. Um, I know that there's several folks that are, are lining up to jump into that race. Uh, the, the news media had asked if I was going to be now eyeing that uh, seat. I said, no way. We're, we're committed to run for U.S. Senate. Um, that's what we're doing. And hopefully we will find uh, an equally conservative voice uh, to replace Congressman Stewart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's made his mark. And also, he has such a coin of credibility and trust on both sides of the political. Even Democrats who might disagree with him, they really respect him because he's a straight shooter. And uh, that's a that's a rare thing in Congress these days. I think a lot of people are going to sorely miss him. As Absolutely. He, as he very, very straight shooter. You know, his yeah. military background, the yeah. Air Force, uh, he's, he's a prolific writer. He's just very... Um, just, just a great individual. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Another story that got a lot of attention on just the news over the last uh, few days, a Utah school district has banned the Bible from elementary and middle schools, claiming or accepting some parents' arguments that it contains vulgarity and violence. Your thoughts on that concept that maybe we should get the Bible out of school seems a little odd and out of touch with uh, the great uh, residents of Utah. Yeah, yeah, incredibly. I was just shocked to hear that news. I mean, it's it's absurd. Uh, we we go back in our to our nation's founding. I mean, the Bible was instrumental in education. Um, you know, we had the the first Congress uh, passing uh, supporting supporting the printing of Bibles and special editions and, and distribute you know distributing that throughout schools. Uh, very very important uh, in the early days and uh, founding of this country. Not separating religion from the public square and it's just bizarre we have we have a law that was recently passed um that clearly i think objectively delineates what constitutes inappropriate material and um, even in the school district that encompasses my city there have been questions by many parents about uh, many books that were inappropriate it's highly inappropriate uh, right. that are still in school libraries and i've been one that's been fighting and pushing back uh, on that, but uh, hopefully something our state legislature will address. Right now, it's a very convoluted process. There are committees for each school that have to determine whether or not a book is inappropriate, and uh, I hopefully we can uh, we can make changes there because the Bible is not a book that uh, should be taken out of out of schools. It's such a remarkable time that we're having these debates and they extend from, you know, what's going on at Bud Light and Target and places like that to what's going on in the school districts. There's another debate that I think Americans care about, and particularly Utahns, and that is the weaponization of law enforcement. Some of the things we're seeing inside the FBI, mm -hmm. uh, the Justice Department. I'm sure you've given some thought. If you're in the Senate, what are some things that you could help do to maybe right side the FBI and return it to that neutral, trusted law enforcement agency that uh, has such a storied history, but in recent years has been marred by so much misconduct and mishandling of cases? Yeah, sadly, it has. And there's uh, the, the trust with the public has been lost. Um, talking to so many people 
about that at uh, these agencies are, are intended to uh, to serve and to be impartial and just carry out the law. And sadly, we've seen the weaponization of these departments, whether it be the FBI and the DOJ, even the IRS. Um, we need to have much greater transparency and accountability at these agencies and, and something that uh, that in the Senate we should definitely be overseen. Uh, ensuring that that transparency and accountability is there, that um, they are truly impartial and um, fulfilling the the mission of these organizations. It's it's just unfortunate that it's uh, it's become so politicized and uh, something that we need to change. Mr. Mayor, it's a great honor. We're going to be watching your candidacy very closely. I think this will be one of the bellwethers about the future of where the Republican Party is going to go. We're so excited for your time today, and I'm certain to be watching as uh, history unfolds in the great state of Utah. Thank you so much. Appreciate being on, and uh, we I've just been honored with all the support. Uh, it had thousands of people hit us up at TrentStags.com. It's uh, it's it's fantastic to see that. I think it is. You're going to see a sea change here in the in the state of Utah and hopefully across the nation where we put more conservatives into office. Yeah, absolutely. People are looking for that. Trent Stagg, S-T-A-G-G-S dot com. Folks, go check it out. One of the big new candidates in the race that we're watching very closely here at Just a New Sir. Great honor to have you. We'll be talking to you soon. Thank you so much. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports. A big thank you to Ron Johnson, to Jason Chaffetz, and, of course, Mayor Trent Staggs, the man who wants to put Mitt Romney into retirement. That is a great show, great discussion. Go check out that video footage on justthenews.com of the January 6th door being left open. 300 people pass through that door, mostly uncontested, a really concerning episode in the January 6th security and intelligence failures that we're chronically now been able to highlight for you. Also, for those of you who want to fight to keep a gas stove in future generations of Americans' homes, join handsoffmystove.com. Handsoffmystove.com, U.S. Oil and Gas Association, creating an opportunity for a buck a month. You join an army, you get up to date, you get some cool knickknacks or tchotchkes to show that you believe in having a gas stove for future generations. Handsoffmystove.com is the place where you enlist for that. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow with a whole nother edition of the podcast from Just the News called John Solomon reports. Thank you. God bless you. And may God bless this incredible country of the United States, as he always has. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. You need Tax Network USA and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tn. 
usa.com slash just news. Hey there, it's Amanda Head, and I am thrilled to introduce to you my new exciting podcast, Furthermore, with Amanda Head, broadcasting weekly from sunny Los Angeles, California, and brought to you by the dynamic Just the News Podcast Network. On this fresh and engaging podcast, I delve into the latest news with a little bit of a twist, exploring the furthermore of every story. But this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill news commentary or politically charged program. I interview a diverse range of guests, including business leaders, entertainers, musicians, educators, expert politicians, and many influential figures from both the United States and around the world. So why not make your Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays a little more interesting? Tune in on your preferred podcast platform and discover furthermore with Amanda Head on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And don't forget to hit that follow or subscribe button and be sure to download the latest episodes. I can't wait to have you join me on this exciting journey.